Hi, hey, and hello, Hall Stars and Hall Stands. I am not Rachel, and this is the Hallmarkies Podcast, the podcast made by Hallmarkies for Hallmarkies. I, not Rachel, aka Lisa, is joined tonight by none other than Caroline. Hey, Caroline. Hey, Lisa. (laughs) I mean, it's like we just overthrew everybody and was like, we're taking over. We're just going to do it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Rachel couldn't be here and she actually entrusted us to take over on this episode. And so I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. We got this. You think so? We might crash this car, (laughs) take it over a ditch, and then they're like, never again. But I guess we can do it to say whatever we want. They can't say anything because they're not here. Yes. So. We can just do it. <laughs> we could just talk about sweaters all day. Oh, yeah. We yes. talk about mysteries. We could just talk about sweaters and jackets and stuff. Yeah. <gasps> Which we actually will talk about jackets I'll, on yay. the second movie. <laughs> I was so excited about okay. that. So, um, oh, the jacket. Yeah. I'm excited about jacket talk. Okay. Um, so we're here today to talk about the two mysteries that have s- happened so far in June. I guess there's only going to be two this month, maybe? Mm-hmm. I guess so, because this last week, this was the last weekend, right? Yeah, and I didn't okay, see so anything. That makes sense, yes. Um, right. I know that the regular Hallmark Channel is doing one new movie a Saturday. I was kind of hoping they would try and roll out a new mystery every Sunday, but I guess that's not reasonable. So I'll take what I can get. And Christmas um, in July starts. So we had Friday. Oh, that's right. On mystery. Christmas in July. That's right. Oh, we get Bobby Campo. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I'm good. Um, so this last two weeks, we've had one new premiere of an entire series. And then we, this past sa- uh, Sunday, we had an, a new installment of a series. So that was exciting. Um, what are like have you been a mystery watcher like previously like are you into these already yes i i started with um i i started watching aurora tea garden and i just i just couldn't stop i love canis camembert and my my dad loves old school mysteries and stuff like diagnosis murder and all that so i, I just grew up watching stuff like that Yes, we were Matlock people. Oh, Matlock I love Matlock too. Yes, those are good too. I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten to the point where my dad's like, I can't watch them anymore. I've seen him so many times that don't even, don't even say it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, don't say that about Matlock. But yeah, so I'm with you. But I, you know, honestly, it's only been in the last like 18 months I've actually started really watching the Hallmark Mysteries, which I know is terrible. But now that I'm in, I basically have been binge watched them all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what was I doing with my life before? <laughs> ridiculous. I should have been here all along. But okay, so last weekend, um, on June 16th, we had a brand new mystery series, uh, Picture Perfect Mysteries. And the first installment was called Newlywed and Dead. And I love it. I love yeah. the title. I love anything that rhymes. That name. <laughs> I, I um, like stuff like that too. The Good Cozy Mystery has a good title. So I was very pumped about this. Now, I will say, okay, so this one was going to be a new, hopefully, because at that point we didn't know, a new series brought to us by the Penavegas, Alexa and Carlos, which they've done a few movies for Hallmark before on the other channel. And before we get into this one, are you a fan of their movies? I like I, I like both of them as actors, but I, I like them better separate in the romantic movies, if that makes any sense. It does make sense, and I agree, which I feel bad because I don't want to, like, say that they're not good together. I just... They, they are good. I, I, just, I just like them, like, better separate, if that... Yeah. I'm not a fan of married couples working together on film. I just, mm-hmm. I'm too distracted because I'm thinking, how did this actually, like, go... Did they fight a lot? If there was issue at home, I mean, they're professionals Mm -hmm. and I know that. And I know that you put that stuff, you leave it at the door. But at the same time, what if you're really irritated (laughs) and you're like, you left socks everywhere (laughs) or you didn't take the trash out and now I have to make this scene. (laughs) I don't know. I just get too distracted thinking like they know each other in real life and I I can't ever focus. And I I like it better. I like it better with the mystery instead of the romance. Yes. And I will say overall- 
this super worked for me. I kind of went into it uh-huh. and it wasn't going to just because um, as, uh, I feel bad saying this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I wasn't a big fan of, uh, what was it, Enchanted Christmas? Is that there? I wasn't a big fan of that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I actually really liked I, this one. I, full disclosure, it wasn't my favorite okay. movie either. See, you know, I don't Christmas so one. <laughs> I know everybody like super loved it, <laughs> but you know, I... I didn't really know him before this. I I realize now that he was actually in a lot of things beforehand, music wise, and I just I think that was under my age group. I think I kind of was mm-hmm. too old for that because I had no idea. But apparently, it was like super big, and that's great. But I didn't know really anything about either one of them um, going into any of these movies. But now I'm in. I knew I knew more about Alexa than Carlos. I was a big fan of Spy Kids. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I love those movies. And Alexa. That's right. Yes. Okay. So yes, I did know her. Okay. Scratch that. I actually knew somebody that worked on the, most of those films, like in crew, not cast. Yeah. Oh. That's funny that I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um. So this new installment. Um. Let's see. It was written by Marcy Holland, who most recently did Sailing Into Love, which I don't know about you, but I loved. I really like that one. Um, she also was mm-hmm. um, for Christmas Everlasting, the Hallmark Hall of Fame, which was kind of nice. Um, I love that one. Yes. And also, it was also mm-hmm. co-written by, or I want to say co-written, but sometimes it's misleading because sometimes it's just character. Sometimes it's just quick edits i don't know but it's also listed walter kleinhard who was basically wrote most of the garage sale mysteries if it wasn't him it was like craig Whitman or something so um pretty good you know in terms of like bringing the script so i was mm-hmm. excited about that directed by ron oliver who does great stuff um and then do you mind if yes. i just read a little summary of it is that okay go for it okay gotcha yes So the summary on the Hallmark website, I'm just going to go ahead and lift it from there. Thanks, Hallmark. Um, Small town New England professional wedding photographer, Allie Adams. I love a good alliteration name, by the way. So this scored super big points for me. Um, Finds herself in the middle of a murder mystery when the groom is suddenly shot and killed during the ceremonial first dance. Suspicion immediately turns towards Allie's big brother, Greg. Sorry, his real name is John. (laughs) Uh, the ex-boyfriend of the bride. Hello. Allie begins her own amateur investigation to clear Greg's name, teaming up with Sam, the newest detective on the force. And I love that they say force, even though it's like a small town of like a thousand people, but the force. <laughs> but um okay, so initial thoughts. What did you think overall? I, 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 the intro, I love the little intro with the, the music and everything. Um, I, I liked, it was enjoyable and it kept my interest and I really didn't know who the suspect was. And I, I like that about, I like that about movies that I don't know right away. Cause some of them, I get them right away, but this one I did. Yeah. There was a lot of, so it, it makes right. it more enjoyable. So the victim in this one and spoiler alert, if nobody's ever seen this, I'm sorry. probably pause here and come back later um the victim in this one is the groom um which is the character's name is kevin davis and um there are several red herrings throughout this entire episode i mean usually there's like one or two or maybe just like kind of like a little hint but there were several there was um you know greg of course was the main suspect who was ali's the the lead character her brother and the ex-boyfriend of the bride um there was Kevin the groom and his dad who argued at the beginning of the movie and you find out his dad pretty much hated his fiance. Um there was somebody called Mr. Cross who I called the password guy. He's the guy that had the password of 1234 who yes. you know ends up going to a gun range a lot oh and does a little thing called embezzles a bunch of money from the company. Um and then some miss <laughs> Yeah, you know, so a missing groomsman at one point who was supposed to be in the wedding and then he himself got cold feet, which I thought was ridiculous. But 
I guess um, he thought they shouldn't get married because he didn't think that the bride, Jenna, liked the groom all that much. Sure. Whatever. But there was a lot. Those were basically all the red herrings. But I personally, throughout the entire movie, thought Jenna was the killer. The bride. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Yeah. I th- I thought it was, this might sound crazy, but I might, I thought it was a dad at mm-hmm. first. And then Jenna. Yeah. But I, I never thought it was yeah, Greg. I that would be too easy. Like he. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure. I thought the dad like showing the argument really up front because um, at the beginning of the movie, you know, there's the wedding and the groom gets shot. And of course, Allie is taking pictures because she's the wedding photographer. She's taking pictures throughout the whole thing. Um, and of course, she goes to review the photos and through reviewing the photos after, you know, the, the crime has been committed, she sees the groom and his dad fighting before the ceremony. And I just thought, okay, that's too soon. That's too, it's too obvious for it to be the dad. And I can't, I don't know. It Even in Hallmark world, I can't imagine a dad killing their kid. I'm sure it's happened. I, I thought maybe it would have been like an a, a accident yeah. of, instead of his son. He was trying to kill yeah. the bride. I get you. That yes, because there is a scene at the beginning where the groom, Kevin, tries to go talk to Jenna before the wedding, and he's kind of distraught, and you're thinking, what the heck? I mean, can it wait? <laughs> can it wait till maybe just a little bit after the ceremony? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know. I thought the dad was too early and I just kept thinking that Jenna was a little bit suspicious and mm-hmm. the whole time um, they're leading you to believe that the main suspect is Greg, the brother and ex boyfriend of the bride, because the night before the wedding, he shows up at the rehearsal dinner, which that takes some serious guts. I mean, just to crash Yes, a rehearsal dinner and say, don't marry this guy, marry me. Okay. I mean, sure. So he shows up, causes all that problems. And of course, nobody's happy because hello, he just crashed a a rehearsal dinner. (laughs) But that leads like that lays the groundwork to you thinking, okay, he's jealous. And if nobody can, you know, if he can't have her, then this other guy can't have her. And but they go through and they make you believe, you know, until the very end where they start leading you. Maybe it's um, a business partner of his in their family's company by the name of Mr. Cross, who I referred to earlier as the password guy. Um, you find out that Kevin has yep. basically dug around and found a bunch of embezzled funds and he was going to turn in this guy Cross and... All of a sudden, he shows up dead at his reception. So that's kind of the second major <laughs> twist, I guess. So in the end, after um, leading yeah. us down this path with Greg and then to the password guy, uh, we finally find out through kind of a – Allie's just kind of dropping off photos to the family. She wants to drop off photos of the wedding to – the groom's sister, Sarah, who this entire time has been pretty, um, you know, aggressive towards everybody. Like he did it. The Greg did it. And uh-huh. you, if you want to know who did it, Greg did it. And she's just, I mean, understandably, you know, her brother died. So I get it. You know, she's upset and hurt, but Allie goes to take her these photos, basically like in Sarah's office, dropping off these photos. And she finds a, a card from the flower store where she was, where Sarah has received flowers from Allie's brother, Greg, which surprises her because she had no idea that they even really communicated outside of just the, Hey, we know each other through, you know, ex-boyfriends and relatives and stuff like that. So Allie goes back to Greg and confronts him and Greg says, yeah, we kind of dated for a little while. And as that revelation comes out mm-hmm. then you realize that sarah might be a little bit more involved in this than we realize and lo and behold it turns out that sarah and greg did date and mm-hmm. sarah did not like the fact that greg 
still was had feelings for Jenna. And so turns out Sarah decided to kill Jenna at the wedding and Kevin dipped her too far during the dance and he's the one that got shot and killed. Which were you expecting so that crazy. at all? <laughs> no, I got I was not expecting the sister or the reasoning behind yeah, it. For a second there I thought I, I, was I think I tweeted this out where I thought, okay, so the the guy who was embezzling, I thought maybe he was in it with Sarah and the brother found out that they were doing it together and so Sarah mm-hmm. basically eliminated him. But it wasn't that nefarious. It wasn't that evil. It was just Sarah was jealous and tried to kill his bride. <laughs> wasn't trying to cover up some junk yeah. family. That's so crazy. <laughs> you know, just a little murder. Just murdered the wrong person. <laughs> you know, as one yeah. does. Yeah. 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 No big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know. On the wedding day. But um, there were some, you know, aside from the murder, there were some actually fun things that happened in this episode. Um, in this installment, I guess, because, you know, with these first installments, it's kind of difficult because you have to lay out so many characters and you have to lay out everybody's sort of like backstory. You have to introduce everybody. You have to show what everybody's kind of personality is and how they all fit together. And you, and you have to do a lot. Plus you have to have a mystery and you have to solve it and you kind of have to lead into the next one. And so it can be quite busy. And, you know, through all this that we've talked about, we have barely even talked about Sam, the new detective that came to town who gets assigned to this case. And of course he butts heads with Allie because she's there to try and clear her brother. And Sam um, is obviously trying to solve the case. You know, all of these kind of mysteries always have to have the, you know, the person who's trying to be an amateur sleuth and then the actual professional, it's like, get out of my way. (laughs) And so that's Sam on this one. What did you think? What did you think (laughs) of Sam? I like Sam. I, I want to know more about his backstory, but I, I like Sam. And I, and I like how he wasn't too hard on Allie, but I liked him. Yeah. You know, in the past couple of movies that um, Carlos Penavega has been in, he's kind of played the, uh, not silly, because I don't want to say silly. That's not the right word. Um, like the fun guy, the happy-go-lucky, you know, just, oh, doing this. And in this mm-hmm. one, he gets to be like Mr. Serious, which I thought worked really well. I liked him as the serious mm-hmm. guy. And I liked the way he played off Allie because she was kind of like, what? All the time when he said, Miss Adams, what are you doing here? What? She was just kind of, uh, well... And I, I don't know. I thought it yeah. really worked. I yeah. thought he did stoic really well. And I, I appreciated this, like his performance in this role. I just, I liked it. Um, I think it worked for him. Um, but yeah, you're right. At some point he says, Sam talks about coming from New York city and he transferred to this smaller town and New York city had too many memories. And I believe he's talking to Allie at the point and Allie is like, mm-hmm well, good or bad. And he just kind of skips over the question. And so naturally I'm like, okay, they need to, they need to dive more into this. And I hope that that's what's coming next installment. Like, I want to know more about him. I want to mm-hmm. know why he left the city and yes. came to this small town to be a detective, <laughs> which, you know, I, I hope so. Cause that would be enjoyable. You know, I just, I want to know if that's going to like be one of the things that brings them together, you know, because obviously that's where they're leading us is that at some point there's going to be some sort of will they or won't they relationship. And I just, I want to know, did he leave? Mm -hmm. Did he have a family there and they like are no longer family? Was he from there? Did somebody pass away? Did, was he bad habits and he had to leave? Mm -hmm. Like, I just. I want to know it all. And you see in one scene, um, he gets a letter from somebody who has a chess move for him. So he's unpacking his boxes, getting his chess board out, and he's playing chess by mail with somebody. And you find out later it's his uncle. So what's the deal with him and his uncle? Is his uncle still in New York City? Like, are they, 
is he the only family that he talks to? There's just mm-hmm. so many like open-ended questions there that I just I'm, I want to know now, but we got to wait. <laughs> okay, so yeah. one of the best yep. to me parts about this pairing, because again, I know it's about the mystery, but the little slice of romance in there is also kind of fun. And one of the best things for me is um, their few interactions. I mean, these are not about falling in love or, you know, going out on dates or anything like that. So you kind of have to throw the two main people in these situations that are date-like. And I really enjoyed um, two scenes. Mm -hmm. One was the stakeout scene. (laughs) Where Allie goes to stake out the missing groomsman because he's holed up at this <laughs> hotel and um, Detective Sam shows up and is like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what? What are you doing here? And they end up in the car together eating takeout Chinese. And she's talking. I just thought it was really cute. It was a very date-like <laughs> scenario without, you know, making like forcing a date on yeah, because you can't really do that in these. You gotta, it being a date, yeah. You know, focus on the mystery. Mm-hmm. I loved that scene, and I loved um, the dance scene. I was oh, the not dance scene! To be pulled in. I that love way. that. Yes, he like holds it was his very hand, good. and she's like, "Okay." And then they do that, and then he like dips her, and just there's that little moment. And you're like, "Shut the front door." Mm-hmm. I'm in. That's how they reeled me in. I was like. I was all about that, yeah. And the fact, yep, me too. And the fact that, that was he one kept of my calling favorite her Miss Adams, even though she's like it's Allie, and he just kept calling her Miss Adams. But I think that's the Southerner in me. Um, I'm a big uh, yes sir, no sir, mm-hmm. yes ma'am, no ma'am person, just because that's how I was raised, and that's just it's not even an age thing. It's a if I don't know you, it's a polite thing. Yes ma'am, mm-hmm. right. People get mad at me when I say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir, yes, sir. I'm like, I that's can't what, help it. That's what it's ingrained in my brain. I know, because if you're a stranger, I'm not just going to be like, yeah. I'm like, yes, ma'am, thank you. <laughs> no, ma'am, you're not in my way. Just go yeah. on. And yeah, mm-hmm. moving to the East Coast, people do not like that at all. And so I've had to be like, it's a Texas thing. Sorry. <laughs> I'll answer the phone. I'll be like, yes, sir. And I get, ah. Uh, Enough mm-hmm. with the sir. And I'm like, I can't help it. So I really liked that he kept calling her Miss Adams. I thought it was really cute. So overall, what would you say, like how many crowns would you give this one? Because it's the, it's the first one. I'm going to give it a 3.75. Dang. I liked it. Dude. Yeah, I liked it too. I'm going to give it 3.5 because... I, 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 I just like them together in a different role besides romantically. And I, did, I like the tension and everything, too. Yes. I did like all that. I took off half a crown because – half a crown off four because I saw what they were going for with the font on the poster and, like, the intro, which was really cute. And the music and mm-hmm. like even Allie's apartment, it was all very retro and I really dug it. But at the same time, like she was dressed like she shopped at Chico's <laughs> and like sure, you know, I just, and I know it was because they had to hide her because she was pregnant during this movie, right? I think in real life she was pregnant. Yeah, she was. I think like, like, Yeah. I think that she was posting about it, like on like Instagram about her belly. Yeah, I mean they hit it really well in this one. I wasn't distracted by it at all, but at the same time, it was like I thought it would be really cute if you know her apartment was like that and she was more towards the quirky side. If she like dressed the part, like if she was a little bit more quirky in her style, and and there he is in his suit and Mm -hmm. she's in her like crazy outfits and her crazy apartment and he's in his like suit and his like old house and I don't know I thought that would have been a really fun thing but maybe in the next one we'll see so yes um do you want to see more of these I do and I I hope I just wonder how else are they gonna do the photography thing into like not just all weddings and stuff I wonder how they're gonna bring that in yeah because you can't have somebody die every time you go take photographs (laughs) So people 
stop hiring you. Yeah, yeah. We can't hire you anymore. Every time we get hired, you somebody dies. So, um, <laughs> take a take yeah, a mark well, off your yeah your review right on Yelp. It's like, well, she takes great photographs, <laughs> but somebody has to die in order for you to really get her services. So, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how they will extend that out because some of these are great and then some of these you're thinking why did it what's their motivation to even be amateur sleuth you know like what drives mm-hmm. them into this but we'll see i have high hopes i really like this one so yay i gave it three and a half crumbs and the second mystery um that came out with this past sunday was mystery 101 plain dead yeah, which is the second installment of the Mystery 101 series, which did you see the first one? Yes, I did. And what did you think? And I loved you it did. too. Yes. I, I I just loved them together, Chris and Jill. So right? I watched anything. They are really in, good. So. It could be horrible. It could be a horrible movie and I would just love it because it's them. You can tell like sometimes people like two actors you can just tell that they probably just hit it off right from the start and it's just like with um Brendan mm-hmm. Elliott and Lacey Chabert for um what is it those all all in love no you know all in my heart there you go no um you know you can just tell yeah. that they hit it off and they're like super good friends and that they just have tons of chemistry just and and I think that's what happened here with Pearl in Paradise and I just they are really cute together but so yeah i did like the first one i know that that was part of i honestly thought it was last year and then i realized no it was like i was like no it was like january (laughs) when we got all those i was like 2018 no no (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was so january just went by so quick so maybe that's why it was I felt like it was last year, but but yeah, but when we got all those mysteries right up in the beginning of the year, um, and this was one of the new ones that came out, which I thought was great. It was a little darker, it was a little grittier. Um, mm-hmm. Christopher Palaha, whose character Travis Burke was like angry a lot of times, like like New York City gritty mm-hmm. top. It was very intense. There you go. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I like the whole thing. And I, I I like the premise of her being a professor. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I just really like the whole setup. I thought it was great. Um, so this installment brings them both back. And it's not the same writers as the first one. However, I believe that they had mentioned at some point on social media that they were hopeful to come back and do some more installments, which great. I liked I like both stories so far. So this new one was written by John Christian Plummer and it was directed by Blair Hayes, which I'm not terribly familiar with a lot of Blair Hayes's work, but I really liked this one. Um, So the summary for this Mm -hmm. one is the local theater is producing a mystery that crime fiction expert Amy unearthed. When one of the actresses life is threatened, Amy and Travis must uncover which character is playing for keeps. Which basically this summary tells us nothing. <laughs> like, uh, that's nothing. <laughs> okay. Sure. Cause there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it than that. After you watch it, you're like, yes. I mean, there really was. Um, one thing I didn't understand at the beginning was why she was involved in why professor Amy was involved with this play. Did you catch that? Um, she was doing something with, help him with the actual crime in the play like i now i can't remember what it's called but it's a specific term like in oh. theater and okay, now i can't was she remember like um uh, like like a consultant i guess maybe yeah yeah and she, like so she like helped them with the actual oh, crime gotcha. part of okay, the play because i i kind of i was live tweeting this um for the hallmarkies podcast and to be honest, I missed the first few minutes when I was trying to like, hey, it's the thread and hey, follow us here, you know. And so I kind of missed it. And I was like, why is mm-hmm. she involved in the play? I mean, sure. 
sounds good, but I just didn't, I didn't understand why she was involved with it. And then all of her students were involved in it too. And I thought this is a very small college, but okay. It worked. Yeah. Overall thoughts. The the mystery was like intense. Like I, I at first I thought there wasn't going to be any like mm-hmm. murder and I thought it was mm-hmm. just going to be like a crime, you know, mystery. And then when it, the murder did happen, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it just went like I was like, this is crazy. And I didn't know what was who did it. And because I had suspicions who did it at first. And then when the murder happened, I'm like, nope. And then yeah. I was just, yeah, it was really good. This these are a lot darker than some of the other ones. I put this on par with um, the Kelly Martin ones. The um Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Haley those Dean. Are a little darker and a little grittier, and that's kind of where this is going, which I like. I mean, I like the balance of both. I like the cozy mystery type ones, like Murder She Baked and and whatnot, and I like these that you know give you a little bit more of an edge. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it starts off with mm-hmm. not. At first, I thought it was a murder, but it turns out it was Travis, Detective Travis Burke's partner, Claire, um, is running at night, which. I'm a runner and this is the thing that scares me more than anything. I, I, <laughs> I group run for this reason. I'm just like, no, I've listened to enough true crime podcasts to know that running alone mm-hmm. is never a good idea. I would, I was like yelling at my TV. Why are you running alone? Like, don't do this. This is not going to end well. I know. I mean, I know you're a cop, but still don't run alone. Okay. That's just the, you know, I'm just, ah. so yeah, she, and then of course you, you see like a crazy open door, you see something, you go, I just kudos to anybody who would do that. I would not go in a store that I thought had been broken into and, or if somebody was still in there doing crazy stuff No, but she did, she went in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a scaredy, I'm a scaredy cat. I would just run away. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, oh yeah, and I would not never go in myself, you know. But um, so she gets mm-hmm. attacked, and honestly, I thought she, I thought she got murdered, and I was what? Um, but it turns out she was attacked. Mm-hmm. And she was, she ends up recovering, which is fine, you know, which is great. Um, but I, I thought, okay, well, that's going to lead into maybe somebody attacking her again. Like I didn't really understand at the beginning what the purpose of her getting attacked was. And I know later we find out the reasoning behind, excuse me, the reasoning behind all these burglaries. But um, so from there we are introduced to, you know, we see we're back at the university um, or the college and um, Amy's involved in this play. And there's a big, movie star i guess i guess she was a movie star and she's come back to this little town to host this play and everybody's just starstruck around her and her name is uh bella brightman which is a fantastic name and um yeah she's the lead in this she's the lead in this play and it's one of those murder mystery plays where it's like a big dinner party where somebody dies at the dinner party and i love those type of stories Mm -hmm. yeah I was super excited. I like this too. (laughs) I was like, okay. But um, honestly, I thought this was going to be one of those clear cut. They rehearse the play. They go to the play. Somebody shoots a gun. That person dies. And then they spend the rest of the movie trying to figure out who was backstage or something like that. And they kind of hinted at that. But then it wasn't like that at all. And I really appreciated that. I liked the, the little like derailing from that and just a different variation of it i thought it was really cleverly done yeah i like that too i was i was that's what i was i thinking it was going to be about with the previews and everything but i'm i'm glad it was like this um it was more enjoyable that i mean i know you know the the person who they lead you to believe is going to get murdered during the play is the main star bella brightman um who eventually yes she does get murdered um but it's at her own home and she has a heart attack and it's not anything you expect um during the play a gun does go off and a bullet does get shot and it hits a mirror and shatters and that's when 
everybody realizes, oh my God, that's a real bullet. And Detective Travis Burke in his suit, which I approve of, he was in the audience. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and listen, when he gets up and shuts down that entire play, I was 100% yes. here for that. I was like, oh, okay, that was really good looking. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was all for that scene. <laughs> yes. He just stands up and is like, all right, oh, okay, sir. Yep, we'll do whatever you say. He means business. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. It worked. <laughs> it worked really well. So that was fun. So he shuts down the play mm -hmm. and you think, okay, this is it. And the best part of the movie to me, hands down, was the interrogation scene after Detective Travis Burke shuts down the play and he says it's an active crime scene he keeps everybody there and he says where can i start questioning people about what happened and they take them all to the theater and they do this really well done scene of these back and forths where it's uh travis and amy on the stage interviewing potential suspects in the audience but it's cut in a really quick sequence of answers and questions and, mm -hmm. answers, and i just i really loved it what did you think I, I love that scene. It was, it was well done, and I, I I thought it was cute, and it. I love seeing Chris and Jill do that together. I was like, what, "What? How did he let Amy in on the interrogation?" But I loved it anyway. Yes, <laughs> I uh, I thought it was just really clever. Um, I thought it was a throwback to. I just kept thinking of Clue, that movie Clue. I just kept thinking of. Yes, yes. Quick edits of that movie and just the back and forth. And I just, I kept thinking of that. And I just, I really love that. Um, they go on, um, you know, they, they move, for, you know, they let everybody go basically, but they've got their suspicions of what's, you know, what's happened. You find out mm -hmm. throughout the course of the movie that um, several people may or may not be involved with Bella Brightman in a romantic sense. First of all, she's married. And she's married to a man named Duncan Spencer, but she has an ex-husband named Sebastian, and I can't think of his last name right now, um, who shows up opening night mm -hmm. or the night before opening night to basically mess with her. Um, and then there may or may not be her co-star in the play, Elliot Quirk. They might be having a relationship because there may or may not be secret letters between them. And then there's also the director who um, may or may not have a relationship with Bella. So it seems like everybody is involved with Bella in some way. Wants a relationship yeah. with Bella. I mean, good for you, honey. Just throw out every fishing reel out there and see what you can drag back in. Sure. Um, but that leads to a lot of suspects because everybody obviously may or may not be involved with her and everybody might be jealous of each other. Um, so there were a lot of red herrings there. Mm -hmm. There was also um, one of the people that worked on the play, whose name was Carl, who was very intimidating and very scary and very in your face. He was a close talker. He would just get right up in your face mm -hmm. and be like, what? <laughs> yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, stay away from me, dude. Yeah, he was super intense. And I think on purpose, because everybody wanted, like, it was like you, they wanted us to believe that this was the main suspect. And he was pretty scary and he was pretty intense. Um, mm -hmm. There was also Sebastian, the ex-husband, who you find out through the course of this, uh, the movie actually kind of maybe took some attempts on Bella's life, but it's not like he really killed her. I mean, <laughs> did she die? Yes, she did die. But, <laughs> you know, he, he, you find out at the beginning that, that yeah, it's like, did she die? Yeah, she did. Um, he doesn't know this at this point, though, but he did. At the beginning of the movie, he tries to drop one of those stage lights on her head. And he says, ah, it was like six feet away mm. from her. And then they say, well, you kind of shot a gun at her. It didn't even come close to her. Like, I didn't really try and kill her. I mean, really? He was a good actor, though. I, I, I like too. that. It's funny about it. But, I mean, that's not how you get somebody back. 
That is true. You don't kill them to win them over. Yeah, I want to get your attention. Why don't I try and murder you a couple times, but not really. It'll just be for funsies. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is scary. ridiculous. (laughs) I would not, I would not go back to uh, ex-boyfriend, husband. I know. He did that to me. That's not the way to do it, dude. But to each their own, you know. Restraining order. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then you know, there's also Elliot Quark, who is the co-star, whose dad owns a major construction company. I guess that's what it was. It was a construction company. Um, and he is dating, mm-hmm. Elliot Quark is dating a pharmacist by the name of Josie Hart. And the pharmacist comes into play because her pharmacy is one of the places that got broken into. Um, so it could be any one of these people. And they, all throughout the movie, they weave their way through and let you believe that every single one of these had people had a reason to kill Bella and mostly because they were all in a relationship with her at some point. Um, and they were all jealous of each other and they mm-hmm. all wanted each other out of the way. But it turns out the big twist in this one was that Josie, the pharmacist who was dating Elliot Quirk, was actually the sister of Duncan Spencer. Um, Bella's current mm. husband was not expecting that At twist all right that was it was very good I like the reveal of that I mean usually you can tell like okay something you know they had a business relationship or they used to date I was not expecting them to be related at all so yeah I thought that was really well done and I was pretty much gobsmacked what mm-hmm. um and I thought, okay, it was. Me too. I thought it was just going to end up being her that she caused mm-hmm. Bella to have this "quote unquote" heart attack because she's a pharmacist. And I thought it was just going to be her trying to get revenge for Elliot, even mm-hmm. though Elliot was terrible. <laughs> I don't know why anybody, but sure. But it turns out whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, it turns out in the course of the revelation that it being Josie and Duncan being brother and sister, it turns out that their parents had died in a fire and they died in a fire of a building that Elliot Quirk's dad had built. And I guess there was something wrong with it and there was a fire and they died and they took their crazy revenge over many years and basically killed everybody so sorry i should have said spoiler alert but yeah it ended up being duncan and the sister um taking out bella and claire at the beginning got caught up in it because the burglaries were just a cover-up to try and um set the scene for all of this and claire just kind of got stuck in the middle of one of the burglaries so um but Mm -hmm. you know with this one I hate to say it because I absolutely loved this movie um, in in general as a whole. I had a really good time mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. Um, but there weren't a lot of like, because again, I know it's a mystery, but I still want just a little side of a little side of fun, a little side of romance, mm-hmm. just a little slice, just a little touch. But there really wasn't a mm-hmm. whole lot in this episode, at least not for me. What about you? Yeah, I would like to. I would like to see more like flirty interaction between Travis yeah. and Amy. But I, 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 the mi- I like the mystery, but I, I would, I would like to see more like romantic yeah, stuff too. Yeah, because he's so like, like um, tough and so just you know. Mm-hmm. very cop-like you know and i just wanted to see just little glimpses and there was there were a couple i will say that there were a couple where travis did get um a little jealous because at one point the director of the play that amy was mm-hmm. working on puts his arm around amy and you see travis like stare at his hand for a second and then look away and then calls amy over he's like what's happening here what is what is this what is going on <laughs> You could tell he was jealous, which that was really cute. Yeah, that was cute. But um, and when Amy, Amy, and they were at the party afterwards, or or whatever, they she said, "Is this 
We're eating together. It's like we're going. Is this like a, are we together type? Uh, that was cute. That was cute. So there was a couple of little moments, but I just, I don't know. I like, I'm super into the whole like enemies into, you know, lovers trope where they start out hating each other and then they, you know, find out that they really do like each other. I'm super into that. And so, um, fact that Travis is so like rough mm-hmm. and you know that deep down he really likes her. I just want to see just a little bit more, just a little bit more uncovering of his feelings and hopefully we'll get that mm-hmm. the next one because they announced another one in September. Or did yes. I, yes. Okay. I was like, or did I dream that? And I can't wait. I know. I'm like, just a touch more. Yeah, it is September. Because even even in like, let's say murder she mm-hmm. makes where you had um, Detective Mike Kingston. Like, and he was pretty, uh, pretty mm-hmm. rough with, um, oh gosh, what's her name in the movie? Um, I know her name in real life, Allison, but I know, I can't I remember can't, now. Um, I can't remember her character. You know, he's really rough, but there are windows throughout where he's like, flirts with her or like, gives her a little mixed signals and it's yeah. really fun. Even though I will say that I'm team Norman on that series but whatever that's a whole nother podcast but um (laughs) but i just something like that because they're kind of similar in terms of like cops and like just being really not aggressive but just hey leave this alone don't get involved in this but at the same time i kind of like you so maybe don't go too far yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah i like that yeah so um what Okay, before I ask you how many crowns, I do have a real question here. Okay, so this is where mm-hmm. I really need your real and true, honest answer for this. So the scene where mm-hmm. Amy is at Carl's house looking for him, and Carl surprises her and grabs her and like throws her against the wall, and then Travis yells and says, "Hey, get your hands off of her!" and then runs over to like rescue her. Okay, are you with me? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, how many times did you watch that scene just to watch Travis rescue her? Don't lie. Like three or four times, tops. Yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. Did- I watched that. Rewind, rewind. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I watched that probably more than I should admit. But yeah, it was it was a good one. That was on par with him shutting down that play. Yes, those are my two favorite parts. Yeah. Okay, I just had to get that out of there. Okay, so how many crowns would you give this one? I was going to give it 3.75. <gasps> same as the other one. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I like both of the mysteries the same, but like I, I did like the little, I like how the how it was revealed better with this one than the um, picture perfect, but I like the banter better with picture perfect than this. If that makes agreed. sense, very much agreed. Um, I actually gave this one three point seven five um, because I really liked the mystery and I really liked the overall look and feel of it. But yeah, I could have used just a sl- slice more of. Just show me your tiny little protected heart, Travis. That's all I want. It's just a little, a little window in there, just to see. Yes, it's there. It's there. It'll come out. But, um, okay, so this has nothing to do with the movie itself, but I do want to announce something that happened on Twitter concerning this movie. So before the movie started, I tweeted out a poll because in the first movie, Detective Burke wears a pea coat and a leather jacket. But in the current movie, he mm-hmm. just wears the leather jacket. And I put out a poll to see who was team leather jacket and who was team peacoat, you know, for science. You know. Mm-hmm. Science. Um, yeah. Yes. These are very important questions. And mm-hmm. 59% of you guys said leather jacket. So 41% were correct and picked peacoat. But, you know. Uh, I was going to say leather jacket. I voted for leather jacket. You did. Ugh. I did. Dang. Foiled again. Sorry. How can you go wrong with the pink note? 
they're both you know really good but that leather jacket is just a little extra it's but i like it's both. very fitted i mm-hmm. like the peacoat because you can pop that collar and he looks like edward cullen when he wears it that's basically why <laughs> yes i'm i'm on board with that but okay so we did it yay we, did it. we covered the two mysteries that was fun it was fun thank you for joining me i'm glad that we were given thank the you chance. we could do this Hopefully, we'll be asked to do so, it again. <laughs> I know they're going to take a listen to this and be like, never again. You can just yeah. be a guest. X. Yeah. <laughs> you no. can contribute to polls and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. No, we are grateful. And um, Okay, so Caroline, how can people find you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at Mita Caroline R. Awesome. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Girl Gone Hallmark. And of course, you can follow the pod all over social media, Hallmarkies Pod on Twitter, Hallmarkies Podcast on Instagram, and Hallmarkies on Patreon, where if on Patreon, you can actually sign up to support us and everything that we create, which we would very much appreciate. So... All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate your comments, your tweets, any, you know, all of the um, feedback that you give us. Um, And speaking of feedback, we do have a show every Friday called Feedback Friday, where you can contribute your feedback on the movies or any of the podcasts that we put out and let us know what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong. We will take both of those. Um, you can actually um, send us a tweet um, or you can reach out to us via voicemail. Nobody will answer the phone. So those of you that don't like to be on the phone, like me, I don't like calling on the phone. Um, it's just a straight voicemail. Nobody will ever pick up and say, hey, what's up? Um, but the phone number is 801-855-6407. So call and leave us a voicemail. Now. And you might get, Yes. <laughs> We would appreciate it. So, all right. Thanks, guys. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Hallmarkies for Hallmarkies. For more information about how you can leave your mark on Hallmarkies, visit hallmarkiespodcast.com. Link is in the description. Bam.